Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Colin Duff and I'll be your host for today. Delighted to be joined in the season's first threesome uh, by Scott Hodge. How's it going? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. And the the meat and the man sandwich, Graham Curry, how you doing? Hi boys. Don't sound too enthusiastic, Graham. <laughs> no I get an analogy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many gay fucking analogies that you come up with to introduce things. Just say hello and get on with it. Uh, I love making you so uncomfortable. Um wait till we day wait till we day he's live. <laughs> Wait till you see the uniforms are not looked out for you. Anyway, um, a mixed week for Rangers, Scott. Um, also great to be back uh, back in the competitive football on Saturday, but we'll, we'll kind of do this for an arsehole way. We'll look at Tuesday night first, because um, that's, uh, that's been the hot topic. Rangers 1, Marmel 2. Um, it's a cliche, a game of two halves, that one, wasn't it? I wouldn't even go that far. I think we, we performed better in them than any in half, to be honest with you. I think um, maybe got a bit surprised. I know we're down to bare bones uh, for it. We missed out a lot, of, a lot of key players, and our bench was, you know, just filled with youngsters. So we I had a had a feeling that we wouldn't be as comfortable anyway um, as, as it's been in Europe last season. So. Malmo were good, but we know we've beaten better teams than that last year. And um, aye, it's, at the end of the day, it was actually a, a very decent result considering the, the circumstances. Great. Mm. Okay, with the first half, um, I, actually thought, I actually thought Rangers looked comfortable. Um, again, with Scott Saint, sorry, they weren't great, but I thought this was going to be one of the games. I went in half time thinking. Rangers got another gear or two that they can up it and we'll we'll be comfortable in the second half. Um what was I was I missing something in the first half? Uh, no, I don't think it I don't think Scott's description's correct. I thought we actually played alright. I was um I, I thought we played decent enough. We weren't the we weren't great, but we weren't bad. It was just I think the two goals in the second half start of the second half is really just I, I just um, put a 
a right downer on the game. Obviously, conceding two goals will do that, but it's it's reflected bad on the whole performance when it wasn't too bad. You know, we've we've performed like that many a time last season and kept clean sheets. It was just that we conceded two silly goals and 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 that's what scuppered us. So no, all in all, I thought we played decent enough. Um, the manager wasn't happy after the game. He was saying that we should have done a lot better and their performances weren't high enough. So he will obviously is not happy with what he's seen. But as a fan watching it, I thought it was okay and I didn't quite get the the sort of high level of criticism that Scott's given them and quite a lot of the internet's given them as well, you know, what I've seen. So I know they did get a lot of criticism. So, But in my opinion, it wasn't too bad. Aye, uh, bear in mind, uh, Rangers Twitter went in a meltdown roughly this time last year when we drew against it. <laughs> we, we drew away to Livingston, and that was Celtic winning the 10. I don't care that panned out, but uh, on the goals, there's, there's no getting away. The, the defending was terrible, Scott, for the goals. Um, and I feel like we could just edit out edit out several pods last year where we talk about Rangers switching off in Europe and being punished and fucking that's what's happened again. Aye, aye. It's um, surprising as well because it's not as if we've brought an MD new. Like that was probably our first choice, you know, defence at that time. I think just the what, what keeping the ball, obviously, you know, not diving in and things like that is obviously the, the, the key points. But again, I go back to the point. Um, I, Lundstrom, um, I'm not saying he was at fault for any goals, but I just, I think when we've got like Davis and Davis, Jack and Kamara in there, for, for example, or even, you know, Aribo, I think it would be a lot more confident. But it's, yeah, it was just, I think the first goal just shook us. So because it was such an early, early goal to concede and we just didn't react to it. No, is the midfield as much as I find the two goals were down the down the poor defending, poor decision making, poor positioning. I think Rangers for a long time in the in the second half, they did really miss Kamara and Jack. So I think we we said time and time again last year, Rangers let opportunities come in through the wide areas, and I think that's probably the the game plan that we're playing now. We'll accept that, okay, we're going to have to have a midfield shuffle over time and time again, To and we'll let the opposition have the ball in the wide areas. Malmo were very, very good at switching, I thought, and when Arfield and Lundstrom, they're not natural. That's not their natural game, you go and cover the the fullback scrum. Um, I think, I mean, that. I don't want to criticise Lonesome or I feel too too badly. So the first competitive game back to the season, but you see why Kamara and Jack are massive for Rangers in Europe, didn't you? Yeah, I think you've got to blame Lundstrom for the goal. For the first goal anyway, he's he's nowhere near his man. So it's either Tav's fault or Lundstrom for no picking the guy up. And Tav to me looks as if he's covering somebody. Maybe he's been dragged too far in. He's actually got a guy in the six-yard box, but it maybe has to be aware what's at his back. So, in my opinion, it's Lundstrom's fault for not getting back and covering that covering that run, which, you're right, Kamara would have been there or Jack would have been there. So maybe Lundstrom just needs to learn his lesson and realise that if he's going to be playing in that formation, one of his roles is to get back and cover that back post. 
Totally. Steam Davis, as we thought, he uh, had a very decent game. Uh, probably one of the very few that got past marks. Um, and I, I, I like to think I would be saying this if what happened in the last minute didn't happen anyway. I thought he was decent, but straw water, terrific finish. I'm, I'm, I'm claiming there was no deflection. I was just tapping. <laughs> I know. I always feel as though Stephen Davis, especially a second spell, was a bit shy at shooting, um, shooting outside the box. I know he scored against was it Porto a couple of seasons ago. Um, bit of a bit of a nosebleed moment, but um, yeah, he had an overhead kick goal against Celtic last year. I don't as well. know, maybe I'm talking talking rubbish. To maybe say, he's Morelos <laughs> replacement. We don't know yet. Uh, but aye, if you if you don't shoot, you don't score, and it was a that was a, it was a good hit and. If, it just seemed to. Like, I feel it was all like we weren't getting shots off enough, and it was just this pass out to Barisic. Cross comes in, they clear out. We've still got possession, sort of thing. So fair play to him for just getting his head down, striking, striking through it. And as you say, it's um, well, you know a lucky deflection, but good finish. I'd like to point out Kent's contribution to the goal because it wasn't just at the goal, but even for the last five, ten minutes before the goal, he had so much pace. He was he hadn't gave up. He was the one that was driving the team forward. He kept running at that defence, kept going, kept going. And actually it was Kent that um, sort of instigated or put a bit of impetus into that attack. Now, I know it was probably three or four or five passes later that it actually gets to Davis, but it was that mentality and drive from Kent that, that, that got us to that position. What would you make of uh, Kent's performance? Uh, I thought he was OK, yeah. I thought he was... Decent enough, he kept trying. I know I'm saying that last ten minutes, but throughout the game he was he was trying trying to do the right things, he was trying to commit similarly right. He was he was wanting to commit defenders and it wasn't coming off. That but see for me that's all right. See if wingers are trying to or forward players are trying to do that, they're trying to get forward, trying to beat the man and it doesn't come off, then I'm all right with that. You know, we've got plenty of players at the back that'll then cover us, but um, that's the only way we're going to make attempts at goal is to get by the defenders. So, all in all, I'd give him pass marks. I, I completely agree with you. I think some of his criticism was, was unwarranted. I feel as though he was trying to take responsibility and I was trying to take on you know, a few people, you know, maybe a few too many people at times, but I felt as though he was the only one that was... At times, it was just like trying to create something, trying to commit people and slip people in. So, no, I, I completely agree with you. I don't think it was his best performance by any any stretch of the imagination, but I think he was the one that was trying this most. I actually felt really sorry for him. The, the longer the game went on, the further deep he was coming back to try and get the ball. I remember, I remember under Warburton in the Premiership, Kenny Miller would start... Like leading the line, then he'd be taking the ball off the fucking keeper, uh, just because it wasn't going. It was like that, and it was just because the the game was bypassing the midfield. Um, I think Davis was doing okay in the row, but our field and Lonsome couldn't couldn't keep a hold of the ball, couldn't do it. So you had Kent coming deeper and deeper, trying to run forward, find something, and the man he needed to find would have been himself. But you know what I mean, <laughs> playing um, on the edge. So no, I I really felt for him, and I had. I think he does have to get a bit of credit for how how we did up up the game and go and get that goal um, in the last the last minute. I had mentioned last week about um, fearing for Barisic. I think maybe that was that fear came true that you know he's been 
away at the Euros. I know he didn't play many games, but I don't think he's quite up to speed yet, and I think that that showed. So I think there's an element of that. It's the team and the squad are still trying to get to their, their peak fitness, whereas Malmo are obviously well into their season, so I think that played a part as well. Shane Barisic is still carrying a knock. No, I don't think he would have played if he's carrying a knock. I think he's just not had a good pre-season like the rest of them. He's not had a chance to do a, a full pre-season, so um, he'll maybe be a couple of weeks behind before he gets up to that speed. And luckily we've got Bassi there, who I thought played well um, at the weekend, but maybe didn't have the crossing about it, the final, the final ball that, that Barisic has got. So moving on to... Um... Again, we'll do this podcast for Elbow. We'll look ahead at Tuesday before we look at Saturday while we're on the subject of uh, European tie. It's a hard decision to make. Um, Scott, you've got the quality of, of Barisic and you know he only really needs a moment um, to get one precise ball and to go and get a goal. But as Graham said, Bassey, he's had a great pre-season. Um, I don't know how he's managed to look slimmer, but more of a tank. Um, he's... We all know my um, my guy crushing Calvin Bassey, so that I might be being a wee bit biased, but I thought he was decent uh, in Livingston, and he's looking sharp, he's looking fit. Do you do you play him on Tuesday night? Um, I heard a half fit Barisic, or maybe no half fit. That's a bit unfair. I'm not fairly fit Barisic. The the thing it's it's really a, a catch twenty two when you look at it because you want to get Barisic minutes, but can you expect Barisic to play? You know, three ninety minutes in the space of a week, if you know what I mean. Because so he needs games, but then you look at—I mean, you, you don't know. Can they maybe give Barisic sixty minutes, see how he's looking, bring Bassi on, and then you would, if you know, it's more minutes in Barisic and then playing him. So I'm not sure. Obviously, it's a big step up Malmo from from Livingston, but. I, I really don't know. I, I really, I, it's a big dependent on the weekend, if and it will give us an indication. I reckon if Bassey plays at the weekend, he'll, he'll play Barisic. Um, if, he, if he maybe brings starts with Bassey, probably still Barisic. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm not sure. I, w- I would go with Barisic myself anyway. I think it's too big a game, too much riding on it to to start with Bassey. Yeah, I think that's the only question mark for me in the defence on um, on Tuesday anyway, because I thought Golson and Tavenier always got to play. I actually thought Hollander had a, had a really good game. Um, he, Him and Golson were kind of like polar opposites at times, where Golson was on shaky. I thought Hollander swept up really well at times. But I think it's weird that we're, Graham were going to be talking like this because... Saturday, there's so many, there's so many more options for us on Saturday than there is on Tuesday with the suspension. So we've got Kamara, Balligan, and Roof all unavailable to play. I don't know if there was a big clamour on Twitter as well to get Morelos involved in the squad. Um, I, on the same argument as Barisic, is this right to put Morelos back into the European squad on Tuesday? No, I think it may just come too early for him um, for that same reason, it's just fitness. Um, when you look at the team that played from um, against Malmo, there was only four guys that started in, at the weekend before. So there's changes in that squad. There's, we can we can do so much uh, squad rotation and not look under strength. So 
for me, there's um, there's a, an argument to say that we've got a team for the, the, the weekend and then we put our strongest side out for, as Scott said, there's too much relying on this to, to leave anything to chance. We need to get our best team out there. Um, and for me, that wouldn't be Morelos just now because he's no... Well, I don't know this, but I don't imagine he'll be 100% fit. So until he's 100% fit, he's probably not the best man for the job yet. He had to quarantine for 14 days, and I don't want to sound really unfair, but I feel like I've got to know Morelos over the last three, four years and just watching his mannerisms. He's... How I mean, I love him. Right, this none of this is criticism. Um, just how much a wee guy he is at times. You just know he was sitting his fucking same underpants for fourteen days, tanning horrible, family buys of sensations, watching fucking Family Guy. Um, he's he's not going to be fit till October. I don't think. I hope I'm wrong, but um, <laughs> time will tell, I suppose. Scott, big occasion. We'll have a full house for Tuesday. Um, big occasion. It is, it's going to be the first full house back since um, since Bayer Leverkusen, actually. And so it couldn't have come at a better time. We need to go in winning this game. Um, you looking forward to being back at Ibrox uh, under the lights? Can't wait. Can't wait, yeah. It'd um, be brilliant to see a, a full stadium and... Uh, we, as Gerard said, we, we need it, don't we? Um, I'm sure it'll be a, a cracking atmosphere, but it'll be in the, the first full house as well, so it's not, couldn't have come at a, a better time, really, to, to open the open the full stands up. Uh, and what do you think? Do you think it'll be rocking for the first minute right to the 90th, or do you think we'll get a f- five minutes in a fuck's sake, Tav? No, I think we'll be right behind the team. I'm, I'm excited for it. I really can't wait. If I can get a ticket, I know Scott's pretty secure me one um, and I'm also just waiting in the the, the ballot or the, not the ballot in the, in the my jails hopefully that comes up I've not got my season ticket although I'm on my on the season ticket waiting list um, I've I gave up my season ticket two years ago just due to sort of personal circumstances and you know the, those personal circumstances are now my wife but <laughs> <laughs> so I now can get my season ticket the wedding's all done with and I've got the ability to get my season ticket, so I'm dying to get back. And just uh, that um, very short statement for the club just um, it just excited me so much. It's like we need your support. You know, the stadium is going to be rocking, so I don't think it'll be a quiet one on Tuesday at all. I think they'll be singing all the way through, um, just like it was, as you said, Leverkusen. And then the few games before that, those UEFA Cup games were really loud, everybody was singing, the whole stadium was gone and but that was due to the team producing um exciting football on the pitch. So it, it's a two way thing, you know, they've got to do their bit in order to get the crowd going and I'm sure they will. But certainly as you certainly um to begin with, we need to get them going. We need to put the shiters up now more. So if we can create an atmosphere that scares them and doesn't want them playing their game, that would be even better. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm sure I'll be there, bouncy, bouncy. Well, just to echo that point that you said there, I think is the two-way street. I think at Ibrox, that is best is when 
like you've felt the connection between this has got to sound so cheesy. You felt the connection between the the fans and the players, and the you know they were up for it at the same time. And I just find that last half hour against Braga, where the whole every fan. Every player there was just, no what we're up for this, and there was a proper synergy. If we can even replicate that for, for 10 minutes, man, we'd get five goals in that 10 minutes if it's like that. And that's what coined the phrase Ibrooks, baby, wasn't it? I was had you that then, uh, you know, this place is just different. But in that, as you say, that's the connection with the player. The player felt the connection, and then he's fed it back to us as well. It was a, it was a really good moment. So, I know it sounds cheesy as you've just said, but there is a lot of truth to it. Yeah, so exciting times are uh, rocking Ibrox Stadium. Uh, beautiful, beautiful football uh, football infrastructure there. On the polar end, uh, we're going to fucking Dundee on Saturday, Scott. Um, polar opposites that is. Uh, we're going to visit Tesco United. Um, well, hopefully soon to be Tesco United, Dundee United. Um, how do you see this game, Pat? Pat? I think it'll be a tough one. I think it will be a tough one, but I think with the, the suspensions that you mentioned, they'll that'll help. But you know what it's like? I think every away, away game you go with, you know, obviously Dundee United's got a new manager, but they'll be compact, it'll be tight, and it'll be up to us to, to break it down. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who, who plays up front as well. I'd, I'd assume maybe Balogun will come in to, to freshen up the defence. Maybe Bassey. Um, will it be Itten or Sakala up front? I'd probably say Sakala would, would do it um, just there. I think he'd start. Um, so I, I can see it being a... A tough game. I think it'll be hard to break down, but confident. Um, you know, get the three points, and that's that's all that matters, really. Uh, I think you're right. They will be tough to break down. What what I did take comfort for uh, most of all last weekend was how Rangers have carried on this this confidence, Graham. Um, how comfortable they are when it's 1-0 or, or not in each. We've seen that time time again last last year and there was a lot of questions saying, or oh, is it because the fans are not there on their back? They're so comfortable when they, they need a setting goal. Um, I, there was 23,000 fans there and I think Rangers fans are now comfortable that if it's only 1-0 up, the team are good enough, they don't get a second. It's good to see that that momentum is carried on domestically. So I think... Uh, I think Rangers will do the job. It will not be a glamorous game, but I think it will be a comfortable 2-0 or 3-0. Yeah, I don't see Dundee United coming out to play football at all. I watched them against Aberdeen and they weren't they were great. Um, nothing nothing there to to impress me anyway. They weren't that, that good a football team. Um, Aberdeen sort of strolled it to, me, to my view anyway. Uh, Shankland, I, can see, I think he might be on his way out. I don't know if it'll be too soon for the weekend, but I see there's a bid in for him, so he might he, he might be off. Where is he going? A Belgian team. Um, I'm not sure. I just seen that a Belgian team had bid for him. Then I think that was yesterday. A bid went in, so I'm not sure if he's definitely going or not, or if they're going to accept it. But um, half a million quoted for him to, to believe in. Um, I don't know if they need the money or what the script is with Dundee United, but um, there was nothing that Aberdeen game, as I say, that. That I think we should be fearing. I think we could put a couple past them, okay? Mm. Scott was mentioning about Sakala 
playing up front there. I'd actually want to go for for Itton. Um Mainly, I think Sakala's no no used to playing. I think he's uh, used to playing high up, um, and I think he, he was getting caught out with the offside against Livingston quite a bit. So I think he'll take a wee bit of time getting used to. And Wetton, I don't see why he gets as much stick as he does for him. Um, I, I think he didn't have a great game the other night, but he wasn't terrible in the get and he has to get a chance through the middle. Um, I think last season, most of his minutes came out in the wide right, but we've seen when he got a chance through the middle, like when we've seen played against like Poznan, he, he does a job there. Well, who's our striker? Who's our number nine? Because we've got three from our, maybe four. We've got Itten, Sakala, Morelos and Defoe. So that, who do you pick from that? Itten's not been getting game time last season up front, so how does he get you're saying there, how does he get, um, how does he perform better in that role? Well, you only do that by getting in a team. But the same goes for Sakala. You're saying he's getting caught offside the other night and he's only going to get better by being on number nine and playing up front. So, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What is the manager's view? Is it who, who, or is it up for grabs? Is it really just... We don't have one, and it's it's really up to these players to then stamp their authority and say, "No, I'm the guy that's going to play." Well, if uh, it's up for grabs, now's the time to do it when the else is coming back. Exactly, now's the time to make the impression. I think Adam was doing quite well. You know, his hold up play, his um, link up play was good. He was laying things off. I think he was just lacking a bit of pace. I think I think that's my takeaway for viewing it. And is he doesn't seem to have the pace. Um, and for a pacey team that we're trying to be, I think maybe Sakala might be the option. That's my. I think I think I would go with Sakala against Dundee United, and similar to what we were saying with Barisic, is maybe give him sixty minutes, but make it a maybe that is sixty minutes, and then give the other strike for thirty minutes. Thirty minutes if it's not working out. The only thing that is, is I can never see him being prolific. You know what I mean? Like getting you. 20, 30 goals and I know that's maybe been harsh because he's not had a big chance playing through the middle and things like that but I, I think he's a good finisher and everything but I just can't see him you know getting that amount of goals you know what I mean Counterpoint: point Morelos only let go 18 goals last season look how important he was mm, could be I could, hope I'm wrong but that's the only, that's the only thing I see if he's our main striker 
can't see him mm. being as prolific as Alice. Can I tell the listeners what you said about Sakala at the Real Madrid game? <laughs> Go on, eh? Yeah. Before, uh, no, it must have been about six minutes into the Real Madrid game. Uh, Sean and I were there. He turned to me, didn't even whisper, he shouted, going after his nut. Sakala is the worst signing I've seen for Rangers in recent history. <laughs> I I argued, you know, forgetting about Dalcio, he says, I'd take four Dalcios. Oh, that's, that's a bit far. Well, maybe exaggerating, but he did say he might end up the worst signing in recent history. It didn't, it didn't impress me at Brighton. And, uh, I think he gave the ball away in six minutes, so I was sort of frightening him off already. In recent history? <laughs> How recent have we gone in the last two months? Or... <laughs> Our recent history of signings has not been great. Oh, it was a shocker. No, I said the worst signing since Kresner. Since Kresner, right. Well, somebody who may uh, may challenge Sakala for the worst signing since Gresdar, Jordan Jones. He's fucked off. Um, Scott, I'll stay with you. I, I think me, you and I were both uh, both quite happy when we did sign him at the time, like two years ago. <laughs> Just one of the things, isn't it? It's... Oh, Kai, Kai. So he's only himself to blame at the end of the day. Like he's... Gerard said many times he's had multiple chances. I, I do actually think there's a player there. I think he's. I think he'd be tough to defend against. And I think it, it, I always go back. Like if you were to bring him on with thirty minutes to go or something, it would be. I think it'd be a nightmare to defend against. But just, yeah, I think it was inevitable. He was going out the door. Um, we wish him well, but I, you know, obviously he claims he's a you know been a Rangers fan and things like that and. Just don't know why you would act like that if it was, you know, if it was your boyhood team. Graham, I think uh, the fact that Scott Wright has came in as well as if there ever was a chance for Jordan Jones to get in, um, it was made a lot harder uh, to get back in. So it was made a lot harder with the impact Scott Wright's had. I think while Scott Wright, right, I do think he is more talented than him right now. It's no night and day, but you can see there's more chance for Scott Wright to progress and there's more potential. John Jones what, 28-29. Scott said he's not done himself any favours. Um, right time to go, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was the right time. We had to trim the squad and that was one of the ones that was earmarked for it. No got a great attitude. So i happy to see him at the door. I think um, I think Wright's actually a much better player than than. than uh, Jones right to me was just a wide man and a wide man only he just seemed to be an old fashioned winger whereas Scott Wright seems to be able to play the inside forward role and and the winger so playing the inside forward um, he's able to commit defend, uh, commit people commit the midfielders commit defenders and similarly what Kent does he actually just runs at people he just runs at them and commits them that actually that, that generates a foul or he gets by the guys so um, no, I see a lot more positives and a lot um, a lot more attributes for right than I do Jones. So a definite squad improvement by that. Really good, we got a fee for him as well, and that's that's George Edmondson. By the way, I don't know if we spoke about that last week as well. I think you can kind of touch on it. Got a fee for George Edmondson. Brought John Jones in in a frame. It was probably like fucking packet of camel fags and a bag of Haribo but it's a fee nonetheless um, good to see what we're starting to do business in the right way isn't it yeah definitely yeah getting getting money in um, 
the only one that I think we were concerned at, Colin, we spoke a few weeks ago, was Goldson was a potential one that we're, we're going to let go for free if we don't do something about it. But um, recent reports are that that actual deal's close and getting closer. So, yeah, in terms of the business side of things, we seem to be doing the right thing with our assets as our player assets, which is, a, which is definitely a good thing. Any money in, rather than what we used to do, which was just tear up contracts and let them go. So, yeah, we're definitely doing the right thing there. On the subject, uh, contract extension, Scott, Glenn Kamara has signed a two, uh, another two-year extension. Yeah. It wasn't a question, I'm just letting you know. I um, Great bit of business. Oh, that's sad. I'm delighted with that. Nah, she's all breaking news for me there. She's all breaking news for me as well. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I'm delighted, I. Um, that's, that's a see if I've got this wrong I've got this for the heart and hand daily update so <laughs> unless they're bamming up the fucking competition I <laughs> 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 uh, no if that is true then absolutely delighted and um, I, it, it makes sense I think what what they'll do with Kamara is probably put a fee on it however much so it's in our favour if somebody bids 20 million, 25 million, we can let them go. It'll probably be a wage increase for them that protects, you know, Rangers, no, no losing them in a, in a deal or whatever. So, uh, no, that's absolutely brilliant news. Glad to hear that. No, it's, it just keeps on. As every season passing, the more, longer and longer we keep him, we will eventually let him go, but the longer and longer we keep him, the longer that we, or the higher the contact we have on him the larger the fee we're going to get. So I think that's tremendous. I, I think that's, if he has a season anywhere near what he had last season, um, he'll be away next summer. Um, so it's good to see that we're getting that business done and dusted. It's, it's like a plan. This rolling on to the commercial side, or sticking with the commercial side. Graham, I know... Um, I know you're, you're, you're sponsored by Haribo now all of a sudden. That's a few times you've mentioned it. What is it? <laughs> Is that the Gallant Few sponsored by Haribo? You going to announce that today? You know what? It, you know what it is. Right, I've, I've I've tried to start exercising again the last couple of weeks, and uh, tried to be eating healthy. The day it was somebody's fucking birthday, and there was this big family pack of Haribo, and I went to town on it, man. <laughs> Honestly, like I, my teeth are actually sore. I was chewing that many cola <laughs> balls. Um, I'm obsessed. Um, I feel sick, but big pint of coke there as well. You're drinking so. <laughs> bar cola. I. <laughs> I feel sick right now, but no surrender, no regrets. Um, somebody else is no surrender, Stuart Robertson. He's well up for the fight these days, isn't he, Graham? Um, there's been a bit of an ongoing battle between the SPFL and Rangers about the cinch deal. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think um, the club's done the right thing. Stuart Robertson, the, the letter that's went out has been very clear. I think we from outside looking in, looks like we've done everything correctly. Um, SPFL have signed a deal with Cinch and before it was signed, Rangers have wrote to them to say, listen guys, conflict of interest here, we might not be able to abide by the, the terms of this because of a conflict. Um, we're just letting you know. They didn't even have to do that, by the way, but we're just letting you know. Um, SPFL have ignored that notification so they've either and they've just continued on they've just continued on and signed that deal 
And then when we've not announced a cinch man in a match or put the cinch logos on our on our strips, then um Mother McLennan's came out and wrote to the, the other clubs saying that there's a saying that we are out of order basically. And Robertson's done the right thing. He's came right out right away and said, Hold on a minute, here are the here are the facts of the here's the here's the time not a timeline as such, but here's the here are the facts and here are the pertinent points. And it's clear to me, reading it, that there's nothing that we've done wrong. So it just sounds like another fuck-up from the SPFL, which we've come to expect from them. But some of the points he's raised are so um, so hard-hitting. You know, it's like this: these the, the executive at the SPFL are so highly paid, and yet what they're third part of their um what's the word they're contracting out the, the commercial deals rather than having a commercial director in place they're they're, they're, they're contracting this out to another firm. For twelve and a half percent in the fee, by the way. Yeah, which is all our money, which is all the football club's money. So yeah, it's a very hard hitting response, I think, very clear. And it doesn't shed a good light on the SPFL, which I think we already knew quite a bit of their dealings were um, not to be desired anyway. But uh, and it's good to see Rangers are, are prepared. Um, I think they knew this backlash was going to it come, so I think it was a case they were waiting on McLennan or Doncaster coming out with some sort of statement. And it was. I think this was just been a copy and paste job by Stuart Robertson. He's had this ready for ages, ready to go out because he knew the backlash it would have came. So it's good to see that we are keeping my house in order. Um, Scott, there's this. There's always been no love lost between the Scottish football authorities and Rangers, um, but it's really, it's really stepped up a gear the last eighteen months or so. Um, I think we're now at the stage that with this and with the the shine that was going on last year um, in terms of calling for an investigation, um, or was that the previous season? I think Rangers have shown that we have it and they're not going to back down, even with Dave King stepping away, who was the kind of the figurehead of the arguments. Uh, Douglas Park, Stuart Robertson, I think they're all ready for the fight. And I think the biggest thing we need to be consistent with it's, it's that whole women thing. We kind of back down, we need to double down now, I think. Absolutely, no, you don't want to be walked over or anything like that and it's um, it's pleasant to see that, you know, we're not just going to take nonsense off them and, you know, um, it seems to be organised a lot better as well, like would we have had that, you know, like obviously telling them, preempting them that we're not doing this, would we have done that maybe even, you know, four or five years ago or even David Murray, era, we might not have done that. So I think it's the way it's been organised just now is is brilliant and not taking any shape basically, aren't we? It's brilliant. I think that like, you're right about that, Colin, though, about the the waiting. I think they're, they're doing the right thing. They're just waiting for them to mess up because we know they're going to mess up. And I think they've just been biding their time and they're going to deal with it in the right way. We've we tried to get an independent investigation into them to say, right, what's going on here? We tried to get the support of the other clubs and we didn't get it. So I think we're just saying, well, we'll do everything right in our we'll do everything right at our side and we'll just wait for the inevitable fuck up because he's only capable and he's bound to make an asset at some point. And whether this is the 
you know, this is the, the moment when everybody else realises, or if it's another fuck up in a few months' time, which is, is bound to happen. But I think we're doing the right thing as a club and just doing everything professionally. The SPFL tried to set the narrative by saying that Rangers have got to ruin the whole deal for everybody, and that's been coming through the media. But the questions that Stuart Robertson asked, like, first of all, why did um, why did the why did Neil Doncaster take credit for organising this deal when it was actually a third party? That's like can take credit for the night's dinner when you've ordered ordered an Indian. Um, and what and they've asked the question: Would this money no be better spent? being put back into Scottish football. So the the SPFL can set the narrative all they want, but at the end of the day, money, money talks and these clubs will be standing up and looking, right, we should have got, I don't know, half a, you know, half a million pound over five years. That's, uh, that's a lot of money for a, a country in football in terms that isn't generating a lot of money. So... I think you're right. It's a case of Rangers just keep their own house in order. Wait, for, they don't need to chase them. Just wait for them to trip up and pounce on it. So while we're on the on the rampage of putting the world wrong to rights and talk about all the political political fucking talking points, Graham, uh, there was an article in the, the Scotsman, I think it was, by Murdo Fraser. Um, so. No go again to like political allegiances or anything, but I'm pretty sure Model Fraser is a Tory MP, but it was weird. Um there was as you said, uh, offline, there was actually a, a news article calling out the the shade treatment rangers yet for the government. Um what did you make of that? Yeah, I just I found it quite interesting that it it was so newsworthy. And it was kind of a bit of a wake up call to me that these sort of pro-Rangers articles don't appear in the newspapers at all anymore. Not doing me anymore, they just don't appear. Um, I've always, in my belief, think that there is a sort of agenda against us and I think there is a sort of, you know, a political will that will try and damage us at any, any opportunity. But it was just interesting to me that it, it became, that it's actually there in print. Um, that's been published so all of the things he calls out is absolutely right you know uh, all of these all of these points and we spoke about it last season as well some of the treatment that we got after George Square and um, yeah it's just been very odd to me to see it being actually called out and written down and as I say just a bit of a wake up call to me that why is this not happening more often and it really is because they have got such a tight grip, you know, the SNP have got such a tight grip on things and the, the media are so so behind them. But it was a really good article. I thought I thought it called out everything right. Um and it showed up it showed up quite a bit of injustice that we've we've had to um had to endure in the last year, last years. There was a SNP MP, MP and I, I can't even remember her name, but she actually replied back to this. Um the the article on Twitter calling out Murdo Fraser for encouraging a backlog of hatred onto the SNP and a backlog of bigotry. Yeah. And you know, it beggars belief, like, surely just take out at face value that article instead of looking, like, you're clutching at straws saying this is some sort of hate speech that, you know what, Rangers get a raw end of the deal. It's no, <laughs> it's no blasphemy. No, I mean, 
when you actually read the point suit, you know, when the, the Justice Minister at the time is almost prejudicing cases by, by commenting on them, it's it's incompetence at government level. And I think there is, you know, this is just personal opinions coming out now, but I think there is a, a severe lack of incompetence or severe lack of competence um, at Scottish government level. I think there really is. And that's... So take a, take aside um, prejudice and maybe supporting a different team from what we do and things, but take that aside, there just seems to be incompetence all over the place that guys like the Justice Minister can do that. It's, it's really bizarre to me that people at that level of society can get to that level of power and can continue to get voted in. That's the thing that... Um, that's the thing that infuriates me. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm getting on a bad political thing. This yeah, is a bit more podcast. Sorry. Audrey, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we'll round it off by going back to the football before we start getting our, uh, our picket lines out. Scott, can I push you for a prediction um, for Saturday? How do you think the game's going to go? 2-0. Uh, 2-0 Rangers. 2-0 Rangers. You're going to be you're going to be bold with Graham Curry and predict a scorer and a minute. <laughs> no chance. No. <laughs> um, maybe Ruth and Kent. I'd say. Graham, these are predictions. Sure, I think it will be three 0 to Rangers. I think Tav will get a penalty. So we're going to get a penalty at the weekend. I think Kent will score. He'll score in the forty-second minute. So that'll take it to 2 now, And then in the second half, 75 minutes, we're going to have Itton come on as a sub and he'll round it off to make it 3 now to Rangers. Colin? Well, you have I'm going to scroll it. Just so I can write this down for my, my, my bookie slip. Uh, 74. 74, right, OK. You always get good odds between the 70th and 75th minute. Um, I'm going to go 2-0 Rangers, Itton Dubly. Um Watch this, you'll not even get a fucking game now after they did that, but no. It in um, 30 minutes and 60 minutes, you know, and he'll, you know, he'll be walking, he'll run over the camera after the first goal, doing a shush to the gallant few, you know, because we all wrote them off, apart from me. But all that's left to do is, well, first of all, thank you to everybody who's listened. As always, please leave any feedback, comments, um, in the comment section or follow, follow, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Acast, wherever you get us. Um, we'll be back with you at some point this week. Um, obviously, that this season uh, we'll just be we'll be doing a pod any time between Sunday and Friday. Um, so just keep an eye on Twitter. Get your notifications on. Last thing to do is thank my, my two co-hosts, Scott Hodge. Thanks for coming back on season debut. How'd it feel? Aye, good, good. No, thanks for having me. And Graham Curry. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Take care.